found the Winding Road Podcast, hosted by Jason and Isaac. We're two friends who are sitting in the driveway just chatting about cars over some drinks, while two of our favorite cars are sitting behind us shining in the sun. We never know where the conversation will go, but we hope you join us. All right. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back. I've got Mike Grasso back, the automotive junkie. Uh, first, I have to start off with congratulations. Uh, about two months ago, you crossed the 1,000 followers or subscribers on YouTube. That's a great step, and um, I'm glad to see your channel's growing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was a very exciting day. It was uh, really cool to see the channel finally get there after about two and a half years of, of really pushing uh, a lot of car content on there. Uh, finally, finally got over that hump, and uh, and it's great. It's great to see it continue to grow. And as I continue to go out to some really great events, uh, it just keeps growing more and more. Same thing with the Instagram account. That seems to be uh, ticking up as well. So cool. uh, appreciate all the support too. I know every weekend I can almost, with the exception of uh, when there's a hurricane coming through, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to have some some great car photos uh, popping up. I've been to a lot of awesome shows recently that the shows I usually have something else going on. So I don't, I'm not able to get to many uh, shows, but I live vicariously through your, through your Instagram feed. Um, a couple of the recent ones that were pretty good, or at least looks pretty good was the mainline show. That looks huge. Yeah. Mainline uh, cars and coffee is always a fantastic event. There is um a really, really good group that puts that together. A bunch of different sponsors are involved, uh, including like KP Lee Detailing. Um, there's um, Pansini Law Firm. There's a couple other, uh, you know, other um, sponsors of the event. And, and usually they also do like a 50-50 raffle. Okay. There's also some sort of, you know, charity involved. So uh, half the money goes to some some organization. Um, and then they also try to like rotate what their specialty is for each okay. session. So sometimes it'll be classics, sometimes it'll be like exotics. Um, you know, so it's kind of you never know exactly what you're going to see there, okay. uh, but you always see some really amazing cars, and um, and that's just a, a fantastic event. And they do that on a monthly basis, and I believe we still have two more of those coming up. Okay. There should be one. I think at the end of October and then one early November. Okay. Yeah. I feel like if it was late November, it'd be one right in there with Thanksgiving, but also just kind of starting to get really cold too. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. A lot of the stuff's kind of winding down for the season, but, yeah. uh, but that's also not a bad thing either. Sure. Cause you know, in, in the winter months here, a lot of times we'll try to take trips out to different car museums. So, mm -hmm. There's a lot of great museums that we have access to. There's a fantastic one in Hershey, um, even like out to the Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown. Um, you know, so we'll try to still get people out and about and uh, try to still see some awesome cars as well. Yeah. Speaking of museums, um, I, I'm going to assume that you've been to the Simeon Museum. That's actually one that I haven't been to really? yet. Okay. Surprisingly. Uh, I know that they've hosted a bunch of different events there. And, uh, actually there was a, one event, uh, gosh, I want to say it was earlier this summer. Um, it was a, like a Shelby event. Okay. Um, and they had like, you know, the GT 40 and like some of the early, early Shelby vehicles. Um, 
there and I really wanted to try to get to that one, but I forget what else was going on that weekend Mm -hmm. and I missed that event, but I definitely do want to get there. Uh, That's still one on my list. Yeah. I was only there once and I was actually running a photo booth at the time uh, for a, a friend. My wife and I used to be in the photography industry. And so I was helping him with a photo booth for an event. And so a lot of it was like put, put away um, like in the central area, but the perimeter still had cars and displays and stuff. And, um, they kind of run you through times from like racing and although they probably switch up their, their displays from time to time. But when I was there that had like 19 teens and twenties race cars and like hay bales and stuff. And then it went through the times. And I mean, most museums kind of do that, but, um, yeah, I think it's definitely worth getting to, especially since we're so close to it. Yeah, and uh, one of the other things that I missed this year, too, they had like a Grand Prix. I guess it's a, a Coatesville Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know there was a, a handful of uh, my my uh, car buddies that went out to that uh, and did like a whole event. But um, unfortunately, I had a couple other things going on that weekend. Sure. I missed that one. Uh, but that's kind of a cool event, and I would like to get to that because they actually – set up a Grand Prix track all around the town. Yeah. Um, and they actually race like classic vehicles. Um, you kind of get a, a mix of all different cars, but uh, it, it's kind of a neat, neat thing to see. I saw a bunch of pictures from it this year. Uh, and again, that'll, that'll be on my list for next summer for sure. Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. And I, this is the second year I've heard of it. I think the other one was a few years ago. Uh, and both times I had, I was also busy, but I feel like I hear of it right before it's like kind of too late for me to make plans. I'm with you there. I, I want to get there cause it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Recently also two weekends ago, you were at the McLaren show. Um, was there just one, uh, F1 there? There was an F1 there. Yep. Just one. Okay. Um, there, Actually, I think this is the second one there that I've seen. Okay. So the first one I saw there was a white one, and then this one was kind of a, a light blue one. Okay. Um, so I've seen a few, which yeah. <laughs> you know, again, not for many an F1, can say that. yeah, you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna get to see very many of them, but uh, I've seen two now. Um, and and that event is always a fantastic event. So uh, we're fortunate in this area to have RDS Automotive Group. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, again, one of the premier, um, dealerships in the area that have a very select niche of dealerships, including, you know, McLaren, uh, Maserati, mm-hmm. you know, they have, uh, Porsche mm-hmm. and a bunch of other, uh, dealerships. Mm-hmm. Um, so they definitely have that specialty, uh, and they do host a monthly cars and coffee. It's oh. a supercar Saturday. And that is always usually at McLaren, Philadelphia. And, uh, it's always a fantastic event. A lot of fun. They, um, you know, usually provide some coffee and pastries from a local place in Phoenixville. Um, the, the pastries are amazing. They're actually opening up a bakery, uh, on the corner of Bridge Street and, May- and Gay, okay. uh, I think next year. And if you get a chance to try these, you'll, you're going to want to come to Phoenixville to get the pastries because <laughs> they're amazing. Um, but aside from that, you also get to see fantastic cars. Uh, you have a lot of the um, customers who have their cars. They bring them, obviously, McLaren, everything that they have on their lot. They mm-hmm. kind of have out and showcasing. Uh, and then, of course, they bring in you know some unique stuff. So 
yeah, I mean, the last show we got to see the F1 and then we got, there was a Ferrari uh, F40 there. So, I mean, you get to see some really uh, amazing vehicles. I think it's a newer one, the Houston Cars and Coffee out in Lancaster. Yes. Um, am I right that's a newer one? Yeah. So ADK uh, Detailing, um, it's uh, Alex. He's the guy that kind of runs those events. And um, he uh, partnered up with the Houston company. So the Houston company is actually like a, you know, cafe type place that's out there. Really, really nice cafe. Again, great pastries, great, you know, breakfast spot. Um, And it works really well for cars and coffee. So He's done, I think this might have been the fourth one uh, in that spot. So he kind of just started it as like a monthly uh, Cars and Coffee, and it's been very successful. Um, And what's nice about that, the location is out in Gap, PA, so it's kind of a not too far for the Chester County folks to go, not too far for the Lancaster County folks to go. So it's kind of like a good in-between point. Yeah. Uh, which is what's really cool is that you get, you know, a, a good mix of, of the, the Lancaster people and, the, you know, Chester County people kind of yeah. coming together. Sure. Uh, and it's always a, a fun time. Yeah. And you get to see some things that like I'm sure that you see a lot of the same cars for how many shows you go here locally. Um, you start to see maybe 10 percent, I would say, each show right. or about the yep. same. Um, or re- fairly frequently, but that kind of is you're getting it, like you said, a new, a different pool of cars to to see. Yeah, definitely, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. One that really stuck out to me from this sh- past show this weekend was actually there were two: the Lotus Esprit, which I've never seen in person, and I was shocked to see that on on your feed. Um, and then the other one is the BMW M Coupe, which I've always loved, and so. Those two were highlights for me to see show up in your feed. Um, what can you tell me about this, Bree? Anything? Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, a good friend, uh, Pete Cooper. That's his car. He, um, I, I don't know a whole ton about the car. All I know is that it is just that classic early 90s, super iconic looking car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just that pure white. It's super clean. Uh, the interior just has beautiful leather and he's always got his driving gloves, uh, sitting on the seat next to him when he gets out of there. So he always makes sure he has his, uh, his gloves on when he's driving that car. It is just a fantastic car. And every time I see it, it's, it's one that, uh, that I always have to photograph for sure. Cause it's, again, like you said, you don't see very many of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is a really great example of one. You've been a BMW guy for a long time. So I imagine you've kind of always had a soft spot for the M coupe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the clown shoes are kind of fun. (laughs) Uh, I've seen quite a few of them. There's a, there's a gentleman actually, that's part of the Keystone car club. And, uh, he had two of them. Uh, he had a black one and a red one. And uh, I think he just recently sold the red one. Um, but, yeah, they're they're uh, very unique looking cars. I've seen a couple blue ones. Um, you know, they're they're just uh, interesting little things, but they're definitely uh, you know every time you see them, they make you smile. Yeah. Uh, for anyone that's not familiar with the M Coupe, it's essentially if you take a Z3 convertible, um, you could get that as the M Roadster, as they called it, because they didn't call it the M3 because there was already an M3. So there was a Z3 uh, M Roadster. 
and then they made a coupe version of that. Actually, they made it non-M versions as well, which I think are probably more rare, if I were to guess. Um, but you could get, I guess, a 325Z coupe? Yeah, they may have made that in a 325. Or a 330, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, the M coupe. But they were essentially the the engine and transmission out of the M3 coupes, or the M3 as we know them. Uh, the E forty sixes at the time. Yes, but in that smaller body. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've always, I like hatchbacks and wagons, so they always catch my eye. Yeah, they definitely have a unique shape to them, and and of course, you know, a lot of people call them clown shoes mm-hmm. um, because when you look at them from the side profile, they kind of have that long front end and yeah. kind of that, you know, oddly shaped back end. So. Mm-hmm. They they kind of look like a pair of clown shoes if you if you're looking at them from that profile. I've always liked the stance of them too, like especially from the rear, the way because they had the blistered fenders and and the wider tires and things than like the standard Z3 Roadster that we all know. And it just had I think it's got road presence, especially from the rear. Yeah, definitely. And what's funny, I think for a while I didn't see very many of them around. Um, it wasn't until probably the last year or so that I've really started to notice the more, um, you know, the, the more and more shows I've gone to, the more and more I've, I've seen of them. Uh, and yeah, that, like I said, it's, uh, can't help but smile when you see one. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of BMWs, uh, do you have any updates on yours? You have a 440, correct? Uh, 420 or no, 430 I. Okay. Um, the grand. Yeah. Coupe. Yeah, so it's the Grand Coupe. It's um, it's good. It's been fine. Um, just I, about a year now. Just under. Okay. Um, yeah, probably going on about eight months or so. Okay. Um, but no, it's 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 been a fine car. It's been doing great. I'm still debating though on whether or not I want to go back to an SUV for the winter. Okay. Um, I that may be a possibility that that may be gone and okay. something will come for the winter and then. Uh, I'll be looking for something new in the spring. So okay. you have a X3 as well, correct? I had an X3. My my wife actually has an X1. Okay. Um. So we have an uh, we have an X1 confused. as well. And uh, yeah, no. I, I, I what's funny is I actually really enjoy driving the X1. Okay. Um. There, there. It's there's nothing like special about it. Really, it's it's just a standard X1. You know, with the all-wheel drive, it's you know, it's got the X drive, and uh, it's just a fun car. I don't know what it is about it. It's uh, it's just a combination of the size and sportiness. Still, like it, it, even though it's like a small SUV and it has that utility, it still has that peppiness of you know, kind of just a, a regular three series sedan. Um, and when you throw it in sport mode, like it, it's it's just a blast to drive. It really is. Size wise, that's a little bit shorter in length than your car, correct? Yes, it is correct. Yeah, the wheelbase is just a tad shorter, um, but definitely, you know, bigger uh, up top. So height, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're pondering a swap for the winter. Do you have any anything on your radar? Um, just something basic. Uh, nothing, right. nothing fancy. Something to get through uh, winter. Yeah. It'll probably be just be like a Toyota RAV4, or like a CRV or something like that. Sure. Just, uh, just, just a basic SUV to, to get, get through the winter and hold on to that for a little bit. Okay. Uh, 
and then we'll see. I, I have, I've been throwing around a lot of ideas for what else I would like to get. Um, I've been really toying around with the idea of like a Toyota 86 or a Subaru BRZ. Um, I really like the new versions of them. Uh, the new body style, they look really decent. Um, and from all the reviews that I've watched, everybody just says like, it's such a great car to drive. Like it's just so much fun. Um, you know, again, it's, it's not something that has a ton of power. Uh, and I don't necessarily need a ton of power. Uh, you know, like I've, I've had my Corvette, I had, you know, the, the C6 I've, I've experienced, you know, over 400 some horsepower. It's, it's, it's fun, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily need it. I, I just, I'm more into the handling and the dynamics of, of taking a car, you know, round twisties and everything. So I, I enjoy that more than anything than just straight line power. So, um, you know, looking at those smaller type sports sedans, uh, like the 86, the BRZ, you know, anything along those lines, um, it just really intrigues me. So I think that that could be a possibility for something in the future. Um, you know, and then I, I keep seeing all the new stuff that's coming out too. Um, uh, you know, honestly, the, the new Mustang looks pretty darn good. I don't, I don't think it looks that bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, some, some people love it. Some people hate it, but I've always still been a Mustang fan. I've had two of them in the past and enjoyed the way that they drove. So, you know, I mean, but again, that's a 2024 car, right? Uh, which means I wouldn't order it until like summer of 23. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, that's, that's something that may come down the road. Um, so who knows, who knows what'll be in the garage come spring. Mm-hmm. Why the 86 slash BRZ versus the Supra? Have you considered the Supra at all? I have considered the Supra. I love, love the Supra. Um, challenge with the Supra is just the overall cost, okay. to be honest with you. If you look at it like a new premium Supra, um, you're in the $60,000 range. Yeah. It's, it's just, that's where you're at. Um, yeah. where even the premium, you know, like 86, you're like 34. So, you know, it's almost half yeah. of what the Supra is. But of course, it's also like half of what the super is. You know, I mean, it's power wise, whatever. It's you know, you're 150 horsepower less. But then again, it's you know, like 75 percent of the fun. Exactly, and that's part of it. You know, like so. Um, you know, as much as I do like the Supra, I I still want to try to. You know, I never really had that really like lightweight sports car yeah. yet. And yeah. uh, that's still something that I'd like to experience. I relate to a lot of the stuff you're saying about the not needing the power and, you know, looking for sm- something small and nimble. I get it because, like, that's what the Cayman is. And it's only got 295 horsepower, but it's plenty. Like, sure, you know, it it has almost no torque on the bottom end. But, you know, that car is made to just go through the corners, you know, hit the apexes let it sing to 7,000 RPM and just enjoy the car. And it's got plenty of power for, I mean, it's just over 3000 pounds, not even 3,100 and doesn't need, I mean, obviously I'd love to drive a GT four, but like, it's a great little car and nimble. And just some of the stuff you can do there, there have been times I've chucked it into a corner and it tightens and I don't expect it to. And you just give it some more steering lock and it goes, it, it stays planted. So I know Miatas are pretty much the same way. So I think, um, or 
Have you ever thought of an older car? Like, I <laughs> actually, that is the other thing that I kind of uh, spend my days searching for uh, out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, a Porsche is definitely something, obviously, I'm, I've always been, you know, a BMW guy for a long time. So I've, I've been through my share of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a Porsche is something that I've never had and definitely something that I would consider. Um, and I and I always look at them. The, the, the challenges is just finding finding one at the right price that is in decent shape. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to find ones within the budget that I, I would want to spend, just have too many miles or um, are a little more beat up than I would want. And then, you know, the ones that I really do like are just beyond reach, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those things of just f- finding the right one. Yeah. Uh, finding that diamond in the rough that's 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 ready for me, but I can relate because mine. I so I bought mine uh, next month will be two years ago. It was actually traded where I work, so I don't know what they paid for it, but I paid twenty. That same car now, I mean, they probably would have sold it for twenty four ish, but the same car now is like mid thirties, and right. at that point, it's like I don't know if I want to spend that much on a sixteen year old car. You know, and if I do, I kind of want to step up to a 911 maybe, or yep. I don't know. But um, I'll have to, we'll have to arrange for something. I'll get you in the car and let you take it for a drive so you can kind of have a feel for it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, it's definitely something, like I said, it, I, it's on my radar. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just the, the current market doesn't really justify it right now, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, until the market starts to, to fall a little bit more, then I'll – increase the search a little bit more uh anything else besides besides porsches and the 86 twins anything else that's kind of like on your radar spitballing not really no i mean those are the main things that i've looked at uh, again the only other thing that i possibly thought of considering is just like you know an older muscle car okay you know the older mustang older camaro yeah <laughs> it's kind of like yeah do i really want to go that route again I've been there. I've done that. So it's, it's just, yeah. Do you see yourself uh, getting on the list for maybe a GR Corolla? You know what? I thought about that. I looked at it. Um, I'm. It's That's one of those cars where I'm just not sure about it yet. Okay. Um, same thing with like, you know, like Hyundai did the N-Line mm-hmm. and they have like the Elantra and which I've seen them and I've seen them in person. They look fantastic. The, the interior is actually, uh, it, it blew my mind when I saw the interior. I was like, wow, this thing looks amazing. It's even got the stop start on the steering wheel, right. almost, you know, like a Ferrari would have or something, you know, um, which is crazy to think like, oh, this is a car that's like, you know, sub 35,000 and you're getting something that actually you know, handles and, and actually sounds pretty decent. Um, you know, but I just, I, I'm not sure about that yet. Um, but the GR Corolla is an interesting one just because it, it has the power plant for a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, of course it's a Toyota, so it's, it's going to be, you know, pretty reliable and easy to maintain and all that. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I feel like Toyota has a couple other things up their sleeve too that, you know. You're probably right because I want to keep an eye on. They've come out of nowhere over the last, what, five years? I mean, obviously the 86 came out in 2013. So that's going on 10 years now. 
but you know, 2019, I think it was, they came out with a Supra again, and now they've got the GR Corolla. Like for most of my, all of my adult life and some of my teens, you know, Toyota was Blandsville. And now out of nowhere, the last decade, they've really decided to get back into the, the scene. Yeah. And I think now that they've kind of committed to that GR line, I mean, they're really, you know, coming out with some, some really cool offerings. And I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I guess they kind of looked at the American market and they looked at, you know, markets around the world and figured, Hey, let's, let's kind of embrace this. People, people want something that have a, has a little more power, something a little more sporty. Um, and yeah, obviously the, the, the super was iconic to begin with, yeah. uh, you know, for quite a, a while. So obviously bringing that back, um, you know, which at first, again, it was kind of, some people loved it. Some people hated it. You know, the design of it wasn't, you know, I don't know, a little, little different, but, uh, you know, they've certainly grown on me for sure. Yeah. I think they're good looking cars and I, they were on my list when I got the Cayman. They was one that I, it was on my test drive list, but my test drive list didn't pass the Cayman. Um, <laughs> I drove a base model I got actually got lost in Norristown for an hour because I used to work in like the, the Plymouth meeting area and it, but it's been five or six years and on the road test, I'm like, Oh, I don't need navigation. I kind of have an idea where I'm going, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 45 minutes later, I still am not outside of the town of Norristown (laughs) and I haven't gotten this car on the highway or anything. So all of that to say, I liked the car enough. And I, when the, when my current car showed up at work, I took it for a road test and I kind of just, I think down deep down, I just wanted a mid engine car. So I kind of just stopped there. Um, But also again, with you, as with you, the price point is just a little bit out of reach, at least at that time that, you know, I really wasn't on the table uh, realistically, mm-hmm. but I did still want to get a road test to know, kind of help cement my thoughts. Love the show and want to help it grow? Now you can. Head over to patreon.com slash podcast. You'll find posts with show updates as well as be able to select your support tier. With three tiers to choose from, you can simply support the show, get a shout out, or even make a special request and join me for a drive in our own cars. I appreciate your support. It truly means a lot and will go a long way to helping deliver a better show for you. Toyota now is kind of where Ford was maybe 15, 20 years ago, where they've kind of got something for everyone. Mm -hmm. If you want like a compact little sporty hatchback, you know, Ford had the ST in in both flavors and then the RS. And then they had the Mustang and, you know, like say an SHO or something, which was kind of fairly sporty for what it was. And now Toyota, they've kind of got, they've got a little snorty little hatchback. They've got a compact little sports car and the Supra is kind of like a GT car. So kind of yep. a little bit of something for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Cause I mean, for a while, Toyota was kind of that, that bland, you know, automaker. And I mean, the really only exciting thing was kind of like, you know, getting a Camry TRD or something along those lines that you were getting the 300 horsepower V6 in it, but um, but yeah, I think you're right. Now that they've kind of committed to that GR line, it's, it's, they're, they're coming out with some really interesting things. And, um, you know, I, as they keep coming out with more, I'm, I'm kind of excited about what they're doing. Uh, any updates on your garage? I know you 
last time we talked, you had just gotten your license plate uh, replicas to put on the wall. Have you expanded that at all? Or yeah. have you done anything else to, uh, with decorations in the garage? I, I haven't done a whole lot, but um, actually this past weekend they had a vintage flea market okay. uh, in Phoenixville. And um, I ended up walking around and, and uh, met this guy uh, who sells a lot of like vintage signs. And he happened to have like a legitimate route one sign. Like he probably picked it up off the side of the road, um, you know, but it was, it's, it's huge. It's awesome. It's, it says route one, you know, it's, it's the, the logo with the one in it and everything. And I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. I said, this will look great in the garage. Um, so I definitely got that. And then he also had some, uh, vintage license plates as well. Okay. So there were a couple States that I know I didn't have, uh, after I looked back at my wall, uh, and wanted to pick up a couple of those. So I did. And, uh, the other thing I do want to get is like a speed limit sign. Okay. So I mentioned that to him and he said he has a few of those, you know, uh, so I'll have to reach out to him and try to, uh, secure one of those. Cause it would be nice. cool to put that up on the wall too. So did you have a chance to go to the Volkswagen show in Pottstown a few weeks ago? No, I did not. I missed that okay. one. That was one I didn't hear until like the day before I, um, yeah, so. I happened to see a, a, a pretty cool picture too of like a, a bunch of them together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I miss I miss that event. Okay. I actually haven't been to many of the Pottstown events lately because they usually end up being on like a Saturday night. Okay. Um, like that, you know, they're called Pottstown nights, so they're usually okay. in, in an evening type event. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and usually I have other plans, unfortunately. So. Yeah. I seem to always be doing something else uh, when those pop up. Do you follow Formula One or any kind of racing like uh, Le Mans or IndyCar? No, I haven't gotten too into that. My brother okay. recently gotten into some of the Formula One stuff. Mm-hmm. I know he he watched the uh, documentary that's out on Netflix. I guess it's uh, right. Born to Drive or something like that, or Dri- one of those. Um, Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive. That's it. Yeah, I think that was the one where they follow a bunch of the Formula One drivers around. He said it was really good. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, Uh, but I've heard a couple other people mention it and and, kind of recommend it. So that's that's definitely one that's on my list to watch. Okay. Um, But he's kind of gotten into it, and I guess as he started to kind of learn who some of the drivers were, he's kind of... Uh, gotten really into to watching the latest uh, Formula One series, and okay. um, so he's he's been watching that. And I know actually we were talking about McLaren uh, Philadelphia earlier. They host uh, when the F one races are happening. Usually, if it's you know something that's during the day, yeah. um, they will host an event uh, at like a local restaurant where they will you know have everybody kind of show up and. Um, you know, you can hang out and, and they put it on all the TVs there. So, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, um, Audi is starting to get into formula one. Uh, they officially signed something a few weeks ago and I think they're looking for a team to buy, but they're definitely going to become an engine manufacturer. Uh, they're kind of going to, they're doing the R and D right now for the, in 2026, the engine rules change again. And so they're currently, going through that process of developing the new the new engine for a few years from now. So that's kind of exciting. It's always nice to see another manufacturer enter the sport. So hopefully that yeah. goes well. What's going on with the YouTube channel? Anything in the works there? 
Or yes. just, just more shows coming up? So definitely more events and more shows coming up. And I'm trying to get back into doing it. And again, this is, this is something that I kind of try to do during the winter um, where I try to do more of the feature cars. So, you know, I'll try to reach out to, to one of my buddies and say, Hey, let's, let's do a feature on your vehicle. Um, you know, and I'll meet up and I'll shoot some, some footage of the vehicle and have them kind of interview them and have them talk about, you know, what's special about the car and, you know, any modifications that they may have done, that type of stuff. So, um, if you actually saw the, uh, Lamborghini, uh, Murcielago that I posted over the weekend, um, no, this is the, a black, oh, the older one. Yeah. 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 Um, that's one that I talked to the owner, John, about setting up some time with him. And, uh, he's like, yeah, definitely. He's like, I'll take you for a ride. And, you know, we could talk about the car and, and, uh, all the fun things about it. So that hopefully will be one that'll be coming out at some point. So we'll, we'll, uh, set up some time soon and record that. So definitely uh, keep an eye out for that. Awesome. I definitely look forward to that. I, I've always liked Lamborghinis and more so the Diablo. That was kind of like my poster car on the wall. Um, but any of the V12 cars always stand out to me. The, the V10s, I mean, it might sound snobby considering I don't even own a Lamborghini, but I feel like the V10 cars are, I feel like a not, a, not a complete Lamborghini. There's also nothing like a V12 whale either. Are there any other interesting people that really stand out to you that you've met this summer at some of the various events? Any of the one you've had a great conversation with or learned something new? Some of the interesting people. That's a good question. You know, it, it's funny. I, I, so I, I mentioned, we talked a little bit about the M coops. Um, mm-hmm. So Kirk, who's the gentleman that I would, I met uh, who owns, I was saying the two, he had a black and a red one. I just sold the red one. He's, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. He's, uh, you know, he has a real estate business. He's, um, got quite a few properties and that's kind of, you know, the, the base of his income and, uh, allows him to, to be able to have some toys like, like the, uh, you know, the, the little, uh, M coops. Mm-hmm. And, um, he also, uh, has a, like a daily driver has a four series similar to the one that I have, but okay. he has a new one. Um, so it, and it's in the Brooklyn gray, um, you know, he blacked out the, the grill cause I guess the 2023 grills didn't come in the black unless you did the full shadow line package. Um, so he got it in the Chrome, but he blacked it out and the thing looks awesome. And it was funny, uh, this past weekend I, I, you know, ran into him at one of the car events and we were talking and he said, you know, it, Every time I drive the the clown shoe, you know, some people are know what it is. Some people don't, you know, whatever. Um, so sometimes I get reactions about it. But he said that that four series that he drives on a daily basis, he's gotten more compliments and more comments where people have come up to him about that car huh. than any other vehicle he's ever driven. And, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing i don't know exactly what it is about that car but uh yeah people seem to be really intrigued by it but he um as i said he did sell the one and uh that's because he does have a 911 coming so that's uh he he's he's made the shift over from bmw to porsche which i think a lot of you know people do uh after they've owned a bunch of bmws but uh 
you know, so he, he's making that transition. He's excited about that. He, I think that's supposed to be coming at some point uh, this week. So nice. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And again, that might be one that once he has that, we're going to try to do a feature or something. So, sure. um, yeah, so, so he's, he was an interesting guy and uh, really, you know, happy to have met him and a uh, really nice guy. Any stories you've heard about cars or, their, or the car histories, uh, any of the shows this, this year? No, I, I know like uh, the Mascaro Museum has recently opened. So okay. um, they just actually had their grand opening this past weekend. That was one um, that I, as p- part of one of the car clubs, we kind of got early access to. Okay. Um, you know, he, 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 it's out in Birdsboro, Pennsylvania. Okay. So if you don't know who Mascaro is, if you are in the Pennsylvania area, you'll probably see. Um, you know, large trash trucks that say Mascaro uh, on the okay. side of them. Sure. Um, so his, his family owned the business for forever. Um, and, um, they, I guess his father really is the car collector and, uh, he's been collecting cars for quite a while because his collection is pretty amazing. Um, so if you get a chance to get to that museum, it's well worth it. Um, he, Apparently there was a story about there was um I guess he went to look at a I think it was like a was it a GT four RS or something along those lines. Okay. Um so he was gonna go and look at this particular one. Um and he got there and he was looking at it and then I guess there was a second one that they had there. And you know, one was one color, one was the other color, and he wasn't sure which one to get, so he just bought both of them. So, you know, it's kind of uh, interesting when you go into the museum, the whole one side is kind of like the, the German side. It's, it's okay. all Porsches and, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple uh, crazy Mercedes that he has in there too. But uh, okay. it's it's pretty interesting to see the Porsche collection that he has. Okay. They're now open to the public. Um, so if you look at the regular hours there, you can go check out the the museum, but definitely an interesting collection, pretty amazing stuff to see there. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, again, we're, it's so funny how fortunate we are in the, in this area. Um, you know, you don't think about it, but for some reason, you know, we, we have a lot around us, um, as far as classic car museums, um, various kinds of museums. I mean, even out in Lancaster, there's uh, Barry's car barn, um, who, who, again, just a gentleman with an amazing collection of cars. I mean, he, he has an original, uh, you know, Corvette C1, you know, C1 Corvette. That's just like pristine. I mean, all original and just amazing. Like you just don't see that many in that kind of condition, you know, so there's so many cool places that we have and, and that we're very fortunate to have it, it you know, so close to us. Okay. Yeah, I, we, my wife and I went to um, Vermont and Rhode Island back in May. And when we were in Rhode Island, they were doing this special um, collection at this little tiny car museum. It was like a quarter of a city block. It was, they, they had 18 cars on display, so it wasn't huge. Um, but it was all kinds of stuff that like 
you almost never see. And I, I probably should have gone. My wife's like, let's go if you want to go. I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure. I feel like it's kind of something weird to do when we're on vacation. And um, so I didn't go, but uh, I would definitely encourage anyone listening. Like if you have, you know, museums around you, go visit them because I'm sure you can attest. Everyone's going to have a different story to tell, especially if you go for certain uh, exhibits and things like that. Yeah, for sure. I think we've covered everything. You've got a lot going on with the channel. And again, that's the Automotive Junkie. Pretty much weekly content, uh, if not once a weekend, twice a weekend almost. I'm sure it's going to be transitioning now that the season's kind of ending. But as you said, you're going to have uh, car spotlights coming up. So I'll keep, we'll have to keep an eye out for those. And then your Instagram, the Automotive Junkie on Instagram as well. Anything else you uh, have to add tonight? No, just thanks again for having cool. me, and uh, yeah, looking always looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, I appreciate you being back on, and it's always good hearing about your stories from the uh, from the car shows. Thanks again for joining me. You can reach me by email at windingroadspodcast at gmail dot com or on Instagram at windingroadspodcast. Stay in touch. You can always ask me a question, recommend a guest, or just tell me what's on your mind. I look forward to hearing from you. Your feedback is also always appreciated, and I would love it if you could rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app of choice. Until next time, enjoy the drive.